It was awesome. I think we're live. I think that that's how we're starting off. It was sick. You missed I love it. it. I did miss it, but that's great. All right. Podcast intro. Here we go. On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are giving our initial free agent thoughts uh, about what has been going on in the NFL. The Patriots have been uh, very quiet, uh, but other teams in the division have not been quiet at all. Uh, Patriots Twitter is freaking out right now. Ben Volan thinks the Patriots are playing with three offensive linemen this year. That's interesting. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun, but uh, it's just me and Keegan today. We will also be giving our prospects of the week, of course. It's a heck of a show, so buckle up and cue the music. All right, Keegan, I talked about it at the beginning here. We're going to start with our initial free agent thoughts. Uh, Patriots haven't done much, but oh my goodness, the other teams in the AFC certainly have. I want to start with the one that came out today. Not the most recent one, but the one that came out today, which was Vaughn Miller to the Bills. Six years, $120 million dollars. What in the the guy is thirty three years old? What in the world are we doing here? Uh, maximizing the championship window is what they're doing. Um, I personally think that's a tremendous move for the Buffalo Bills. I know, like everybody likes to act like, and I'm not a cap is crap guy. I, you know, it eventually everything comes back to haunt you. But if you have Josh Allen as your quarterback do literally everything possible to maximize a five-year window because historically that's what you get out of a quarterback in terms of winning championships. I mean, Tom Brady is like the only outlier, but you get like a five-year window to win Uh, with a young quarterback. He's already off the rookie deal. They had to give him big money. So maximize it. I mean, 120, I think all of the guarantees are in the first three years, which I think is, that's a good contract because 36 year old Von Miller, I still trust. A right. 39-year-old Von Miller? I don't know if I trust as much, but... Not so much, yeah. I mean, the end of of that contract, we'll see how it shakes out, but the first three years are going to be a slam dunk home run. I thought it was a good move. I don't know about you. You mentioned six years. Is, that's a lot of years. Yeah, 120. I mean, I was just, like, blown away. 50-some-odd million dollars. Uh, what's going on over there? Spencer watched- Dinwiddie just hit a, a walk-off. In I Brooklyn thought, to beat the Nets. I thought KD hit the game winner. He did. with It was eight seconds, which I oh, should have known. It's Dallas. Jesus. Dallas only wins on last minute. We, this podcast is off the rails. We Wait, Spencer, off. Spencer Dinwiddie was, it, used to play for the Nets, did he not? Yes. He also murdered the Celtics last week. So he's just oh, making wow. – like him and Luka, you if you give them the ball with under 10 seconds, they're going to win the game. Love it. I, I turned over, and it was going in, and everybody was jumping up and down. It was crazy. So Love it. Sorry. Fantastic. I just ruined the podcast. But we'll That's all right. That's all right. We'll get a little NBA, a little bit of NBA talk in here uh, as as we're going through. Look, I don't necessarily hate it because you're right. Like, you do have a window. So we have a window here. Fine. I just – my issue is that it's a lot of freaking money for a guy who was hurt in 2020, played meh. In 2019, played at the beginning of 2021 and then went to Aaron Donald and had Aaron Donald on on his defensive line and looked really good again. And so I just – I don't know if he's the guy that he was anymore. That doesn't mean he can't be. That doesn't mean he won't be throughout the life of the contract. That doesn't mean you get in a playoff game and he's not going to be a problem. He will be. I just don't know if he's worth that much money spending that much money on him and maybe he will be and and, you know and like you said i think if you're the bills 
you have to look at it and say, we have to go all in, right? Mm -hmm. We're going all in. Josh is the real deal. We need to go all in and try to win a championship. The AFC is loaded right now, but it doesn't matter. Like we have to go all in and try to win a championship, especially against these quarterbacks. Um, you know, and and you do that with defense, and you already have a great cover corner. So why not get a guy that can rush the passer too? And if he's not maybe as good as he as we want him to be in two or three years, then so what? We overpaid for it. It's kind of like it's kind of like you know in baseball when you know you sign that like you sign that twenty game winner. You know you sign him to a nine-year deal. You know the last three or four years of his deal is going to suck, but you sign him for the first four or five years because you know he's going to be nasty. And so you say, okay, can't do we believe that he's going to be good enough for these first two or three years to you know to take the massive cap hit it's going to be in year four when we have to cut him, right? And so and and maybe it is right. And so for them, they're saying, screw it, let's bet on Josh Allen and see what happens. And uh, you know. I mean, it's a different situation than the Patriots are in, obviously. Um, but, you know, I still was like, I couldn't believe it. Like six years. Jesus I think Christ. To, I mean, to transition into another move that was made, I think Chandler Jones, that contract with mm -hmm. with Las Vegas, I, I kind of like that maybe a little bit better. Ch Chandler Jones had one year where he wasn't, you know, top two in sacks. And Arizona was like, all right, we're going to get rid of him because we have J.J. Watt for some reason. They like great you have 33 year old jj watt whatever dude yeah uh chandler jones is still like a really good football player uh, i don't know the exact numbers on that contract but i remember seeing it and thinking him across from max crosby yeah i think it's three for 51 it's not for, much yeah I mean, it's I, they're lot, paying but it's they're paying both of them i think it's 35 million per year or th 34 35 36 in that area i i like that a hell of a lot better than paying von miller 20 per year for the next six years right yeah, I mean that, that's, that's just me. You know what I'm saying? You you get two really good players. I think he fits in terms of not just a sack guy, but a guy who can stop the run. Everybody says Chandler Jones can't. He didn't do much of it in New England, but he he came on strong in, in Arizona. I like that contract a little bit better, but both of them, I still think they're both great contracts for those teams who are trying to yeah. one's trying to maximize the championship window, one's trying to open one up. So uh, right. I like that one a lot as well. Yeah. No. And and look, the Chandler Jones one. I mean, I think he has like. I think 59 and a half sacks in, the, in his last four full years. And 2020 only played five seasons, five games, I'm sorry, because he got hurt. But, like, you know, it's one of those things where you look at it and, like, the guy can consistently get after the passer. And now you have Max Crosby on one side and him on the other side. Like, my goodness, how, how the hell are you going to block those guys, you know? So, um, and, again, in Buffalo, maybe you're thinking that they invested a ton in the edge. They got Gregory Rousseau. They got – um the hell's the kid's name? Epinesa, AJ Epinesa. AJ they, Epinesa, they, Ed Oliver they, a few years ago. Right. So they went, you know, they're going big on, on edge. So they figure, Hey, let's try to get after the passer and see what we can do. So, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily hate it, hate the move. I just think it's interesting uh, that they go all in. I thought the jets have done pretty well to get better. Uh, Jordan Whitehead, I think was a good pickup by then. Braxton Barrios, they, they bring back. Now the, the jets are still the jets, right? And until Zach Wilson can prove that he can be any good, I'm not going to believe that he can be any good. But surrounding that team with some talent, I like. The, I still like the Corey Davis pick for, pick up from last year, even though he did nothing last year. I still think he's a good player. Wasn't his fault, right? And, and so that's that's what I'm saying. So I I just feel like you know they're in a decent position to get better. Now, are they going to like compete for the division? No. Are they going to like you know could they maybe do something and win some games? Sure, I I do think they can do that. But um, I, I've liked what they've done overall as far as the Jets are. You know what I mean?
Yeah, even Miami, they're going to be in a transitional year this year with the new head coach. You don't just go in and win 12 games with a new head coach. But right. I think they can be a similar team to what they were last year, maybe without the ups and downs where they're like 7-0 and and then 0-7, or 0-7, 7-0, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think they're going to be a scrappy team. It's a really good division. And the AFC as a whole, as a conference, is outrageous. It's going to be hell getting out of the AFC. And I think that helps whoever comes out of the NFC is going to, you know, have an advantage because the other team is going to have. Gone I mean, it's going to be it's going to be Tampa. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I who's it going to be? But um, either way, even if it is yeah. Brady, if it's anybody else, like right. that, the AFC is murderer's row. AFC, the AFC West, every single team in that division is good. That's brutal. Um, or really yeah. good. Yeah, you've got the team who just went to the Super Bowl is like the seventh best team in the AFC right now on paper. So, um, yeah, it, it feels like there have been five teams who have made every single move. Right. And then that kind of brings us to the Patriots, where there are teams that haven't really done anything. So I think we should get into that. Let's do it. Um, and we'll start with the positives who they've retained. A bunch of guys over 30. Every single player listed is over 30. Uh, Devin McCourty, Matthew Slater, James White, Nick Folk, Brian Hoyer, James Ferentz. A bunch of old leaders that, you know, mm-hmm. they they had a clear kind of progression in terms of how they were going to do things this offseason. And first things first, take care of your own business. Get the guys back. You need to get back. They did that. Um, Hightower is still a big question mark for me. I don't know. I can't get a read on what the situation with Hightower is. And then Trent Brown. Yeah. What's going on with him? We know he's going to visit Seattle. But it's a situation where they've done it before with Hightower, with Julian Edelman. Go out, Mm -hmm. take a visit, get an offer from somebody. Just give us the last chance to to match or exceed. Um, I think that's what's going on. I don't think they want to overpay Trent Brown because they've seen what happens when you overpay Trent Brown. Um. And this is a really good opportunity to go to Seattle, see what they're willing to pay you, and we'll give you just a little bit more to come back here. Um, I, I think it's a smart move, but other than that, you know, that there's a lot of moves to be made for them. But we'll start with you know who they've retained and what you think about that. I mean, I like it. You know, those are the guys; those are the linchpin guys, right? The locker room guys that you look at and say, these are the guys that we absolutely 100% have to have in the locker room: McCordy, Slater, James White, Nick Folk has been maybe the most most reliable player on the team the last two years. So like, you know, and then you get Hoyer in the building, right? Hoyer's in the building, basically another coach in the, in the, in the quarterback room with Mac Jones, trying to surround Mac Jones with some talent. And also that brain trust where McDaniels leaves, like you have to have some consistency. So you have Brian Hoyer in the room with him. And James Ferentz is a guy who he isn't very good, but he like knows the system really well. He can fill in here and there if he has to, you know, everyone seems to like him. So like, you know, he seems like a pretty smart guy, you know, coach's son and all, and all that and all that jazz. So like I look at it and think like, okay, I don't mind it. I love the McCordy one, love the Slater one. I was surprised by the James White one, pleasantly surprised by the James White one. I thought he might re- even retire to be honest with you after that injury, but uh, you know, but he's back. I think that they retain guys they need. I'm, I'm going to save the rest of it for the, for the loss, but I think they retain the guys that they need, but let's switch over to loss because this is what I really want to talk about. Here's the deal. Let's just be honest for a second. Let's just be honest. Patriots aren't competing for a championship. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. The Patriots aren't competing for a championship. Now, listen, we don't have to clutch our pearls. We don't have to go crying to mom. We don't have to go saying they're the worst. We don't have to say Belichick has lost a step. We don't, we don't do any of that stuff. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. 
but accept the fact that the AFC, as we just said, is loaded. They have a ton of very good teams in the AFC. And the Bengals, as you said, are like the seventh best team on paper. They just went to the Super Bowl, right? And the Patriots aren't even close to the Bengals right now. So why are we going to go all in to try to win the Super Bowl this year? That's dumb. It doesn't make any sense, right? Last offseason, they spent a ton of money. That's true. They signed all those guys outside of Bourne and Aguilar to four-year deals. Why did they do that? Because they said, hey, look, we're we're not talking about one or two years. We're talking about long-term. Let's keep these guys long-term and see what happens, right? And so, yes, you have Judon, who was a great pickup. Yes, you have Hunter Henry. Yes, you have some of these guys. Fine, but we're not going to win a championship. That's fine. Don't. What are we doing? We're not going to go out there and spend a ton of money. Now, I, am I happy they traded Shaq Mason for a bag of donuts? No, I'm not. Okay, am I happy they let J.C. Jackson go? No, we've talked ad nauseum about that. It's stuff that I'm not happy about. Okay, but I think you can look at what they're doing and say, like, it's not the end of the world. And for 20 years, we saw the same thing for 20 years. Then 2017, they trade for Brandon Cooks. Then 2018, they trade away Brandon Cooks and get an extra first-round pick. Then last offseason, they bought every high-priced free agent and drafted a quarterback in the first round. Like, it's not going to be a fun offseason for everyone. It's going to be a regular offseason. People are going to hate it, and they're going to sign these guys. They're going to come in, and they're going to be okay. Terrence Mitchell, we'll talk about in a minute, is going to come in and be, yeah, he'll be fine because that's what they do. They bring in guys who are, meh. And they play pretty well, you know, and that's what they do. And they'll bring in enough of those meh guys and two or three of them will turn out to be really good. And we'll be like, wow, they found that guy at the scrap heap, you know? And so it's just, this is what we are used to. We shouldn't be flipping out about it, but we are, but like, this is what happens. This is the plan. This has been the plan for 20 years. This is the plan. Now it lets everyone walk and we still figure it out and they don't have Tom Brady anymore. So they won't be, they won't win the Super Bowl this year. But, like, they're still going to be a decently competitive team in the AFC. They still should probably make the playoffs. But they're not winning the Super Bowl. So why are we acting like they should be trying like they're going to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, and before I get into my spiel, I do want to run down for those uh, that are listening. J.C. Jackson signed with L.A. Uh, with the Chargers for a boatload of money. They traded Shaq Mason to Tampa Bay for a pick, a fifth-round pick. Ted Karras left for Cincinnati. Traded Chase Winovich for a player to Cleveland. And then Brandon Bolden and Jakob Johnson uh, today on Wednesday signed with Las Vegas, who a whole lot of former Patriots out of the guys that they signed, even if they're not yep. coming directly from New England, a lot of former Patriots. So um, they obviously have a plan and a strategy oh, yeah. that we've, uh, we've change, seen before. Change the culture and go from there. Right? I'll tell you what. Good last for, year with Houston. I know, yeah. Good, good for Brandon Bolden. Really good for Brandon Bolden. I'm happy. Yep. I hated Brandon Bolden at the beginning of the year last year. And he proved me wrong. He proved me wrong last year. He played his ass off last year and, uh, you know, really gave them a lot when they really didn't have much. Like James White went down and we were like, they don't have a pass catching back. And he filled in and filled in that third down role really well, a lot better than I thought he'd be able to do. Uh, And so, you know, good for him going out and getting paid in Vegas. Yeah. And we have a year to talk about, what the Patriots are doing and we have a long off season and the draft and all that. What I will say, what it looks like to me is they know they're not going to win. Like you said, you're you're not going to win a Super Bowl this year. You're probably not even going to compete for one. You're not going to compete for your division because the, 
in my my personal belief is the the Buffalo Bills are the best team in football. They're in your division. You're not going to beat them out for a division title. So right. it, it's a long, long road to win a division. Um, and the expectation is next year that they'll have a lot of money to work with, like a ton of money to work with. Yep. So instead of pushing money into future years, like we, we're seeing teams do where there's, you know, turning future years into signing bonuses, they've only done it with one person. It's Devin McCourty, who I, I think will be around for more than just this one year. Um, I think he's comfortable with getting a big chunk of change at the beginning of every year. Why wouldn't you be? Um, right. But they're only doing it with one guy. So I think they like to know that here's how much money we're probably going to have next year. Um, it, I, I don't like throwing out numbers because who knows what happens. If they start to compete and the trade deadline comes along, they trade for a receiver who has it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Stuff like that changes. But as of right now, on Wednesday, March 16th, uh, they're slated to have a good amount of money next year. So instead of pushing money into future years and taking away from it, let's work with what we have now. Let's do what we've done for the past 20 years. And then, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. That's what it looks like to me. So I don't expect any big name free agents, uh, maybe big names that are, shouldn't be big names anymore that aren't big time players, but names that we remember. Uh, Trey Flowers is, you know, a guy that I think of, but um, I don't think a lot of money is going to be shelled out over the next couple of weeks. And I wouldn't expect that uh, anybody else thinks that either. I would agree. I'd agree with you. And uh, so let's get into the additions, the additions they added Terrence Mitchell, who is a veteran corner who is fine. He's really a special teams guy. He has played corner here and there. Um, Pretty good corner, but not great. Like fine. He's a decent depth piece, right? It's kind of, it's kind of what I got. Mac Wilson. We talked about a little bit the other day uh, with Chase Winovich trade. He's an off ball linebacker. He's not very big, but he's fast. He played pretty well his rookie year, just like Chase Winovich did, and he's done diddly-poo since. And so, you know, maybe a change of scenery. He can get back to what he did as, you know, as a rookie. Maybe he can't. Who knows? But you take a shot on a guy like him. I love the idea of Trey Flowers coming back. I think it makes all the sense in the world. I don't see why they wouldn't do that. Uh, You know, if you're the Patriots, the versatility that he brings – you know he works in the system. He knows how to work in this system. I just think it makes a ton of sense to bring a guy like that in. He's not going to be super expensive. He's another guy that was very well respected in the locker room, works his butt off. And so, like, he, here's a guy that you can bring in even on a on a two- or three-year deal and say, hey, you can be another part of this defensive line that we're building, right, this kind of front seven that we're building. And also, like at wide receiver now, Chris Godwin just signed with with Tampa for you know three years and sixty million. He was he was on the, the franchise tag anyways. But like, there's not a ton of wide receivers. DJ Shark signed for a one year deal, which I was kind of hoping that he would come here. To be honest with you, um, on a kind of one, it was a ten million dollar deal, so it was it was kind of expensive. It wasn't cheap, but nobody's moved at all because they're waiting. I think everyone's waiting for Deshaun Watson to get traded, yep. and then at that point then the market's going to heat up because depending on where he goes, that team is going to be in the market for a number one wide receiver, right? So, like, Jarvis why sign? Allen Robinson. Exactly. None of those guys are going to sign until he gets traded. Exactly. Because if you sit there and say, okay, none of those guys are signing with Atlanta, but if Atlanta trades Matt Ryan, which I don't even know how they could possibly do that because, like, the the, the cap hit is so ridiculously huge. Worst contract like, in football. Theoretically, now, if they traded Matt Ryan – took a massive, you know, hit on the salary cap because of all the dead cap they got to whatever. 
and then they took on Deshaun Watson. Well, now they they need a number one wide receiver, right? right. They don't have one this year, they for sure. They have zero wide receivers. Russell Gage signed with signed with right. Tampa too. Like so, they have nobody. They have Kyle Pitts, and so like, uh, so you you got to assume they're gonna they're gonna go out and get one of those guys if he goes to wherever he goes, right? Whether it's Indy, whether it's Cleveland, wherever it is, you got to assume that they're gonna they're gonna you know go after a big name wide receiver, and so those wide receivers are waiting. Does that mean you could get one of those guys? Maybe. I don't know if it's likely, but it's possible. Juju is an interesting guy. I wanted them to sign Juju last year. I don't know if he makes – he's kind of redundant with with uh, Jacoby Myers. He's kind of that big slot type player. I think he's a little bit more explosive than Jacoby Myers, but like – I don't not know. worth I, the money that, you, that you'd pay him. He's not that much more explosive. Right, right. And so that's yeah. the thing. Like, you know, what are you going to get? I think you kind of need an outside guy, but – I'm not willing to spend the money on Allen Robinson. He's going to get a ton of money. Like those guys are going to get a ton of money. So like finding someone a little bit under the radar. I don't know who that is. I don't know, I, but I wouldn't, I'd be surprised if they don't try to continue to build around Mac. They're going to, you know, whether it's a layout Collins trade, um, whether that actually goes through or not. I don't know if it's going to go through, but maybe it will, maybe it won't, but they're going to have to bring in offensive linemen, multiple yeah, offensive right. linemen, because you know, I mean, the season doesn't start tomorrow, but like they have two starting offensive linemen right now, so not ideal. That three—that's not three. Michael Wendler is still on the team, so they have three starting offensive linemen right now. Not ideal. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like the rumors and stuff, there hasn't been a ton either. The only name we haven't mentioned is D.D. Westbrook, who is a glorified punt returner. Like he—he played well a few years ago, but I don't think anybody's expecting. He's not better than than Kendrick Bourne. No, which is the position that he would be playing. So it's kind of redundant if you go out and sign a guy like that, unless you want to kind of transform what you're doing in offense, but that's a whole completely different story. Right. right. Um, no, they have a lot of moves to make, right? I think in terms of what they need, they could, they can get what they need to compete and just be a competitive football team. I don't think they can get something that's going to, you know, push them to the next level at all. I, I just don't think it's possible with the amount of money they have. They don't have a ton of draft capital either. They've got two fifth-round picks now. Um, they've got a first, second, third, fourth, two fifths, and a sixth. So basically what you what every other team gets, that's what they've got. So nothing right. special there. Um, the, the unfortunate part of kind of all of this is, say Trent Brown doesn't re-sign. Now you need to tackle. You need a number one wide receiver. Or you don't really need a number one wide receiver, but you want a number one you wide receiver. You want one, yeah. You need a cornerback. Yeah. You need a fullback. Like, that's not going to command a big pick, but that's that's a, a pick in the draft that you're, that's take, that's, you're taking away from yourself. Um, if you don't go and sign a Trey Flowers, you need an edge defender, a hybrid guy who can play, you know, outside and inside. That's more of a want than a need, but you're going to want one. And you need a linebacker. So now all of your picks are kind of accounted for. And you've tied your feet together and you've got nowhere to go other than what's laid out in front of you. I think that's the last place any team wants to be, but specifically the Patriots where Bill Belichick isn't a, you know, draft the best player available kind of guy. He likes to find here's what fits our system and what we mm -hmm. think is going to work for the next two to three to four years. He, he has no flexibility now. He's kind of tied up in that scenario. So, um, there are a lot of moves that need to be made. I'd say there are a couple more Shaq Mason level, whoa, didn't see that one coming type deals to be made because they, they need to. They need to they need to add draft capital. They need to add cap space right. if they're going to 
if they're going to kind of build the team back up to where it was before free agency started. Yeah. No, well, the Kayla Harry is going to garner our first round pick, so they'll be fine, um, you know, on that end. But no, but, but seriously, I mean, I, I do, I'm what I'm holding out hope for. And of course, like we don't want to wait until April 28th to figure this out. But like, I'm hoping that somebody drops the 21 unexpectedly that people want them. Tennessee's kind of the team I have circled. But Dallas is there too at, at 24, and I think they're like 56 or something like that, or 53. Like they're somewhere around there. You know, that's a situation where 50, 53 is like, or 56, whatever the number is, is a high pick to give up. But if you really want to move up and get a guy at 21, and the Patriots have other offers there, then maybe, you know, the Patriots throw in an extra pick next year, or they throw in, you know, a late one of their fifth round picks this year, and, you know, you get. 21 and 56 and now you got or 24 and 56 and now you got you know still your first round pick around the same area and another second round pick like with the depth in this draft I think that that makes a ton of sense for the Patriots to be able to do that but of course you know you need a willing trading partner but I just think that that's that's going to be what they're going to try to do but again like you can't bank on that happening because now you're just wait now you're looking at the draft saying okay now someone's going to trade with us like that's so I wouldn't be surprised to see them make some moves um you know and kind of see what happens I don't know I, I you know it, it's it is it's concerning and, and like you said like there's so many holes there's not a ton of draft capital and they're probably not going to go out and spend a ton of money either so it's like well how are you going to fill those holes in now? They're also going to be reliant on guys that they've drafted. And I think that part of the reason you bring back the guys that you bring back is to is to build up the young team that they have, where you have Uche and you have Ronnie Perkins and you have Cameron McGrone and you have Raekwon McMillan, who's not super young, but still, you get the idea. You have those young guys who haven't played a lot in your system or haven't played at all in your system and are trying to find their way, trying to become the best players they can be. And so not only do you need to have the coaching staff there, but you need to have those older players. Ronnie Perkins is a guy who, and listen, take whatever you want with PFF, but he was the only guy in college football last year, the only lineman in college football last year, to have a 90 or above grade against the pass and against the run. So the kid can... Stop the run, and he can get after the passer. Now, he didn't show it all last year. He was redshirted last year. Some of it was hurt. Some of it was whatever else. But, like, you know, maybe he could be someone. Maybe Cam McGrone could be someone that could, that could be good for them. Maybe Raekwon McMillan could do something for them. Maybe Mac Wilson could be a guy that can like, – so there's a lot of question marks. There's a ton of question marks. But as far as I'm concerned, if the Patriots are comfortable going into the season with that, then I'm okay with that, right? I'm okay with that, and I can live with it. And the good thing is – it's a wicked deep class for wide receivers. It's a wicked deep class for cornerbacks. It's an okay class for, for linebackers. And it's a pretty good class for offensive linemen. So, like, I look at it and say, like, okay, there are targets that you can go out and get. And so, is it perfect? No. Is it the ideal situation? Of course not. And, now of course, it's March 16th. It's the first official day of, of free agency. So, there's a long way to go. But... You know, there are pieces that they have in place already that can, I think, at least can help them out, right? And, of course, Trey Flowers, very different situation than than uh, than Ronnie Perkins was because he ripped his Achilles his first year, 
and miss the whole year after after um, uh, the preseason. I think in, I think in the first game of the preseason, he ripped his Achilles, and so he was out. He was out the first his first whole year. So of course, a little bit of a different situation. Whereas Perkins was hurt for a while, but then was back and healthy, but just never actually dressed and played. Um, but still, is a guy that you know took a year to mature in the system and maybe could could take a little bit of a leap next year. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. You know me. I'm a big Ronnie Perkins guy. Ronnie Perkins and Cam McGrone. I've I've kind yeah. of my reputation, my draft reputation on those two guys. And we've seen nothing so far. So no one can say I'm bad at the draft. See, right? Can't. See, you're right. They can't you're say right. I'm good either, but they can't you're say You're not I'm wrong, good. though. But you're not wrong. You I'm know? Not, right. So let's get into the draft. Uh, five weeks in, until the draft. Uh, five weeks from tomorrow, I believe. Or maybe it's six weeks until tomorrow. Um, late April, whatever. We've got yep. a long time to go until the draft. A ton of moves that are going to be made. But we've highlighted a couple players right now that feel like fits. Six um, weeks, for, by the way. Six, six weeks. weeks. Okay. Six so, weeks so that feel like fits for not only what they need, but what they look for. Um, I've got a project coming out. It's going to be very fun, specifically about what the Patriots look for in drafts. I spent an entire weekend. It's it's fun. It's good stuff. So we'll start with you. Who do you got this week? All right. So my guy this week, listen, man, this is oh, this, it's so much fun. Right, we need a guy. We're talking about getting a number one wide receiver, an outside wide receiver, a deep threat for the Patriots, a guy who can stretch the field but also win with his body. Man, Christian Watson's that guy, brother. North Dakota State, 6'4", 208, 32 and a half inch arms, over ten inch hands. Ran a four three six forty. At 6'4", 208. That's outrageous. 38 and a half vertical wins jump. And, oh, by the way, let's add on top of that an over 11-foot broad jump. I think 11'4", I believe. So, like, top just an, an absolute freak of nature. Now, the uh, the his pro day is next week, I think, the 24th. So, we he didn't do any of the agility drills at the Combine which a lot of guys didn't do agility drills at the Combine. So we'll see what the agility drills look like. Obviously, they like guys that are quick and you know can get off the ball and can get off press and do all of those different things and make get into cuts and, and whatnot. And, of course, you wonder, North Dakota State, you're like, okay, well, did he play against the competition? Did we did he play against the competition that, that, we, that we need him to play against? Did he show that he can do it? And he didn't get North Dakota State, but he did at the, at the senior role. And he impressed a lot of people, turned a lot of heads of the senior bowl. And that was kind of everyone was like, whoa, this kid's pretty good. And then he comes out and runs a 4 3 6 40. And again, fast track, like whatever. But still, that's an awfully fast 40 for a guy that, that that's that big. If you're looking for an outside wide receiver, a guy that can win with his body a bit, um, you know, and kind of go up and get it, but also run by guys, Watson's a, a good prospect. Now, again, even though he went to North Dakota State, you put up those numbers at the combine. You put on the performance he did at the, at the senior bowl. You're getting drafted in the first two rounds. Like that's that's happening. So you're going to have to take him in the second round, if not at the end of the first. I think the end of the first a little bit of stretch, but maybe depending on what happens is pro day that that could be possible. Um, but you know, somewhere or somewhere in the second round, if they can get him at 53, I'd love it. I don't know if he's going to last all the way to 53, uh, but I'd love I'd love to see that pick at 53 if. If they can get him there, the size and speed is just a guy. It's a guy that you need. You don't have anybody like that on your roster. 
talk about Nelson Aguilar. You want you don't have a guy like that on your roster. So uh, I'd love to see Kristen Watt, Christian Watson coming here on North Dakota State. Well, according to most draft experts, there are going to be 150 players drafted in the first round. So great point. there's no chance he lasts. Um, great point. No, you talked about a combine guy, a guy who showed up at the Senior Bowl, played really well. Um, you don't know a ton about his tape because it was North Dakota State, but you know everything that we've seen in the in the pre-draft process, he's looked great. I'm going in the opposite direction. Not only opposite in that sense where he did go to the combine, didn't have a great showing. All he did was run. He didn't do any agility, explosion, any of that, any of those drills. Um, didn't go to. He wasn't eligible for the Senior Bowl or the Shrine Bowl. Uh, a junior out of Washington, Kyler Gordon, the cornerback. I said, you know, his name, he sounds like he's a NASCAR driver. He plays like the opposite of what you think a NASCAR driver would play like. I mean, he's he's fast. He's physical. He's he's a guy where you throw on Trent McDuffie tape, who was his teammate at, at Washington and got a lot of praise. Spags loves him. And I watched Trent McDuffie like five plays in to the game that I for, for you know first threw on, I just kept looking at number two, Kyler Gordon. I was like, who the hell is this guy? Is he like a freshman, a five-star something? No, he he went there as a track star. Didn't run well at the combine. Was weird for a track guy, but didn't, you know, went as a track star, as an athlete. They kind of didn't know what he was going to do. He found a home at cornerback, and he looks better than any of the other cornerbacks that I've seen on tape at his best. You know, he looks like a a stud and number one guy. At his worst, he looks like a Jalen Mills where he's just super physical and scrappy and wide receivers hate to line up against him because he's yeah. an asshole at the line of scrimmage. That's that's my kind of cornerback, specifically where you have a bigger need in the first round. I believe you will if Trent Brown leaves at tackle. Um, and you have a better success rate drafting in the first round at tackle mm -hmm. than you ever have in the first two rounds with cornerback. Um and I think it's a good thing that he didn't test well because I know how he plays on tape and he runs well. He just he just didn't show up at the combine for whatever reason. He'll probably test much better at his pro day. Everybody does. They juice the numbers a little bit, but it's all about what the teams time them at. Um, and, and I think I think he's kind of going to be around the same area where he's not going to test out of the building. But what he's shown on tape shows that he's got a huge upside. And you know, on the lower end, he's a serviceable football serviceable. Full, serviceable football player I, it's been a long day um <laughs> so i i really like kyler gordon i think he's a good football player i think he's perfect for where they're going to look at cornerback i think maybe the second time around maybe the first depending on what happens with trent brown um i think they should double up he's the perfect candidate to be the first or second guy that they double up with you could either go andrew booth in the first round and then pick him up in the third mm -hmm. or you might have to kind of reach for him a little bit in the second round and then take a guy like Cam Taylor Britt, somebody else in the fourth or fifth. Um, either way, no matter what, I think he's a guy who's going to be in their, the area of where they're looking at a cornerback. So I picked him this week. I, I'm probably going to run with corners and wide receivers until we get closer to the draft and until um, free agency kind of shakes out because they're always going to draft at least one corner. Yeah, for so, sure. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy that I've, I've had my eye on. I kind of rambled about him for a little bit, but I really like him a lot. And that, well, that's the thing. I mean, Kyler, you're totally right. Like he plays fast. He didn't run fast, but he plays fast and he plays physical and he's not a big guy, but, and McDuffie does the same thing, by the way, like those, both of those Washington corners aren't huge, but they play so damn physical. And those are like the Patriots want and need guys that play physical at the line of scrimmage and aren't afraid to play the run. 
And both of those guys do that. And so, uh, you know, if Kyler Gordon's a pick in the third round, I'd love it. Like, I'd love it. And, and again, like you said, him not testing great is actually a good thing for the Patriots because, you know, we all know that cornerback, yeah, as much as it's about skills, it's a stopwatch position. People are looking at the time saying, well, how fast do you run? And, oh, no, if you're below a certain time, the team's not going to draft you just because you're below a certain time. And it doesn't matter what your tape looks like. And so it could be a situation where Kyler drops to the third round or even later, which I don't think that will happen, but, you know, to the third round, and you're able to scoop a guy like that up that probably has no business being available in the third round. Um, but you're able to get him because his, you know, his testing numbers aren't great. And then all of a sudden you get a cornerback that can help you out immediately on day one. Yeah, we'll see how he tests, but here's a little sneak peek for the pro- sneak peek for the project I was talking about. The average corner that the Patriots draft runs a five or four five forty. He ran a four five two, so he's right there with what yep. they kind of look for, what they're used to drafting. Same same size, relatively. His hands are a little bit smaller than what they like. His arms are a little bit shorter than what they like, but um, he runs in the same realm of what they look to draft. So. I don't think speed's going to be an issue for them. That's why I'm so confident in saying that I think they'll they'll pick him. And yep. you said he'll probably won't last till the third round, but like you said, teams he'll be, he'll be taken off a couple teams' board just because he's not running as fast as some of the guys we saw this year. We there was like five corners who ran under four fours this year, something ridiculous. So uh, a lot of speed demons, a lot of guys who are going to kind of be reached for ahead of him, but really good player. Right. Yeah. So we'll see. So those are those are your uh, your uh, our prospects of the week. Now look, that's a second round and a third round guy, or maybe even two second round guys if they're able to move back and, and pick up an extra second round pick. Um, I mean, you never know; it could happen. I, I'm telling you, we're gonna hit on one of these guys. One of these guys, we're gonna we're gonna highlight him. We got the graphics all pulled up. We're gonna hit on one of these guys, and it's gonna be great. We're gonna I'm gonna love it. It's gonna be awesome. Hit I hit on three in in 2020, and me and Spags hit on two last year. So we've got a good hit rate. Yep. In terms of guys we talk about. So, now it's just about uh, up to me. I got to hit one. I'm I I'm I am gonna bring one. up I'm gonna bring up a tackle in a, in a few weeks, maybe even next week. That like I like it so totally under the radar that he's like exactly the type of guy the Patriots. Like. Is it Kellen Deesh? I hate it. It is that not. Guy, so it is not. I hope it's not. All right. It is not him. <laughs> That last name, I can't do that. No, can't do it. Kellen Deach was so, a stupid name. No although, although my guy's got a got a crazy last name too. But nevertheless, I like it. So, all right. So that's that's what we got. That's our episode this week. Uh, no spags this week. He's on vacation. I uh, took the week off. He said, "You know what? It's free agency. So let's take a let's take a vacation." That was smart of him. Genius uh, idea. But <laughs> best in the biz, Ryan Spagnoli. <laughs> he's off. He's off playing golf somewhere. Um, so, but, uh, but yeah, so we'll be back next week and listen, we've been, we've been doing, uh, the instant reaction podcast. <laughs> Geek and I have been on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, uh, you know, getting shows out to you. Okay. Uh, one of those shows I got on YouTube, I got as a podcast as well. One of them, I just said, forget it. I'm not getting it on as a podcast. Um, I had too much stuff going on today to be honest with you to get it done. I didn't even come home. I walked okay. back in the door at nine o'clock, just left the house at 6 30 and walked in at nine o'clock so uh that wasn't happening yeah but anyways uh you know so but either way anytime any big news with the patriots happens we'll be on maybe it'll be me and keegan maybe someone else will be jumping on with us You'll be on. i'm in I'll hibernation play. for the next two days so that's a great point. Fun with that's that. a great point i'll be on with someone else or even by myself who knows um but either way so but anyways guys no matter what we'll be back next week we will be back with spags next week and another guest as well 
uh, talking about the draft and, uh, you know, about free agency as well. So thanks a lot, guys. We appreciate it. And listen, it's okay. They're going to be okay. They're going to do something. I promise you that they're going to go into the season with five starting offensive linemen. It's going to happen. Maybe you won't like who the five guys are, but there will be five starting offensive linemen for the Patriots this year. I promise. I promise. Okay? Justin Haran for right tackle. Every- can't wait. Everybody relax, okay? Don't do that, Keegan. Don't do it. Don't do that. Everyone relax. We're going to be all right. Have a good night, guys. And-